0: You guys pray with me for a moment. Father in heaven, we thank you for your blessing, for your favor, the, uh, the, the grace and the mercy that you bestow upon us each and every day. We thank you, God, that you're with us, that you're for us, and you have good things in store for us, even today. We give you this time together. We invite you here to continue to be among us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for being here today, everybody. We're so glad to see you. Welcome to the porch yeah, if you're in the building, <laughs> so good to see you today. Uh, my name is Greg. I am, uh, well, what am I? <laughs> I'm one of the volunteers here. So glad to be with you today. And um, if you're watching online, this would be a good time for you to kind of wave, say hi to everybody in the room, but also drop a you know a comment in the chat. Let us know you're here. And uh, if you're new here, if you're first time with us, we would love to uh, see you. Um, hashtag... hashtag Hashtag, is that how you do it? Hashtag new here. Drop that in the comments. We'd love to uh, get you a gift. I think we still have some mugs around here. We might need to spray them down with some anti-COVID stuff. I don't know. But <laughs> strange times we're living in. Amen. <laughs> hey, I got a couple of announcements for you I want to share with you uh, before we get into the Word this morning. Uh, we here at The Porch, we exist to Shine the light and the love of Jesus. We do that by inviting you to belong to a family, to grow in your faith, to give yourself away. If you're looking for a way to belong, come to the house. Be in the building with us. Um, We promise you, we won't bite. We won't lick all the doorknobs so you get, you know, germs or anything like that. And even if we do, it's good for you, okay? Exercise your immunities. God created you to be... Yeah, we we'll, won't we'll get on that tangent. Here we go. So the, the second thing, if you're looking for a way to grow, um, I don't have an announcement for that. You know what? Read your Bible. <laughs> i tell you that. Continue to read the Word. That'll be a great way for you to grow. If you're looking for a way to give, I've got two ways for you to give. Uh, CCLC, that's our learning center here, they're going to be putting on a trunk or treat, and uh, I think they're doing it two nights in a row. Is that right? I want to say 28th, 29th. Is that, I think I'm. Yeah, I think I'm getting that. Um, And uh, they're looking for folks to donate candy, so you can drop uh, bags and uh, baskets of candy off here at the porch. They're also looking for folks to decorate their cars, their trunks, for kids to come and uh, and do some trunk or treat, trying to do Halloween a little bit differently this year. So we invite you to do that. If you can do that, we ask you to email Cindy, that's C-Y-N-D-I, so I think our I and the Y is mixed up from what you normally would do, but cindy at the theporchchurch.tv. Also, if you're looking for another way to give, this month is Pastor Appreciation Month. October, we should be appreciating our pastor. We haven't seen him since he's been off, but he's coming back next week. And I hope that we can just shower him with love and, uh, and our appreciation. So write a note to him, send him a card, buy him a gift card to one of his favorite restaurants. Anybody know what that is? Me neither. Okay, so you—you you, that's a, a homework for you. Find out what your pastor's favorite restaurant is and buy him a gift card there. You can't go wrong with Chipotle or Chick-fil-A. You know, that's God's chicken. So, yeah, that would just be great. Well, without further ado, we are going to uh, get into the Word, and uh, we have the great privilege of hearing from Angela January this morning. So I'm going to invite Angela to come on up, and uh, as she's making her way up here, I want to pray a blessing over her and a blessing over you as we hear God's Word. Father, I thank you so much for the opportunity to dive into your Word this morning. I thank you for, yeah, the uh, the anointing that you're putting on Angela right now to speak your truth, to read your Word to us, uh, to share the truths that you've in, in, uh, uh, imparted into her God that she might impart it into us and uh, God that I pray that we would be we would be uh, receptive that we would be open we would be willing to hear and receive father what you have for us and most of all that we would be willing to put it into practice so we thank you father for what you have in store for us today and i pray this in jesus name everyone said amen thank you
1: Good morning, everyone. I'm so glad to be here. It's been a long time since I've been in this building. I don't know, maybe some of you have been coming a lot, but I really haven't been out of my house very much since March. Um, Early on, uh, when we first got introduced to the COVID or coronavirus, however you want to talk about it, um, my husband got sick and He really, really was sick, and it has taken a long time for him to recover, so um, it's just kind of surreal to be here. So I've taken some time after getting invited to speak to just pray and seek God about what I should say to you, and um, I think I have a relevant word, hopefully a hopeful word to share with you today. But now as I lift my hands to and surrender to God, I say, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. I ask that you all pray for me. It's been about a year since I preached and so it's one of those things you have to do regularly if you really want it to flow easily. Uh, So it's been a little bit of a struggle to put everything together, but I pray that your hearts will be touched as I share what God has put on my heart. So with the introduction of the coronavirus earlier this year and the closure of places of worship, restaurants, movie theaters, as well as unrest in our streets, Our lives as we knew them before are gone. Something new is on the horizon, but if you're like me, you're wondering, is it gonna be something good or is it gonna be something catastrophic? I'm wondering, and maybe you are, will I lose my financial reserves? Uh, Will I be evicted from my home? Uh, Will I get sick? and if so, will I survive? As a person with more years behind me instead of ahead of me, I'm in the highest risk category for death. And when I see the stories about the people who have passed away, I shudder because I wanna live. I wanna live a really long and productive life. So how do you and I move forward? How do we go past all of the difficulties and challenges we've faced over the last several months? In my mind and in my heart, and as I've prayed, the only answer that came up for me is that we have to have confidence in God. So, as a key scripture for my message this morning, I'll be reading Psalm 46 1 through 11. If you have your Bibles, you can open them up and read along with me. I'll be reading from the New uh, King James Version. Unfortunately, my slides are kind of, I hope you can see them. If not, just read in your Bibles along with me. So to the chief musician for the sons of Korah, a song upon Alamoth. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, will not we fear, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof. Selah. There is a river, the streams whereof He maketh wars to cease unto the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow and cutteth the spear in sunder. He burneth the chariot in the fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah okay so there's a lot in that passage it's 11 verses and it can be kind of difficult or challenging to unpack but as I read through it over and over again it started to be a feast to me there's so much to unpack and to share with you today so I hope I do a a great job I don't know if you've ever been to a restaurant and the food was so good that you just thought, I have to bring my friends to this restaurant. I can't keep it a secret because everything in this restaurant is so tasty. Well, that's how I feel about Psalm 46. Everything in it is so tasty. This amazing Psalm is beautifully written in three parts. So it's kind of like your appetizer, your main course, and your dessert. It's attributed to the sons of Korah. Um, some people say it was written for the sons of Korah, some people say it was written by the Sons of Korah. I don't know which is the case, but it's an interesting entry into this psalm. For some of you, I don't uh, for some of you, you may not know who the sons of Korah are. You can find out about them in Numbers, the book of Numbers, chapter 16. And if you've ever watched the Ten Commandments on television, and like I have, I'm old, so I've watched it a lot of years. But if you've ever watched it, there's a scene in the movie where uh, some of the children of Israel are swallowed up in to the ground, there's a shaking, there's an earthquake, and the ground opens up and people fall in. Well, some of the people that fell in was Korah. One of the people was Korah. But his sons didn't die in that scene. They went on to live. And these Psalms, several, there's 11 Psalms that they've written and or that are attributed to them. And this is one of them. So basically, um, they've written this psalm and it's kind of an interesting psalm in that it builds on the past. So it's got some inspiration from the past, ancient Israel, and then it's got some uh, relevance for today. And then it definitely points to the future. It's kind of um, calling forth what's going to happen way out into the future. So it's, um, we're told that in this, in this passage, verse, beginning verses 1 through 3, we're told that God is our refuge, our strength, and ever-present help in the time of need, even in the most unimaginable times, when mountains fall into the sea, and waters roar, and foam comes forward. So I don't know about you, but these times— for me, have been a little bit like that. I mean, not as dramatic as this passage uh, describes, but it has been a time of shaking, a time of rethinking my life, a time of wondering about everything that's gone on in the past. I've wondered how I should step up and how I should do things differently. And I don't know if that's been the case for you, but if so, if you felt that things are shaking in your life, if you felt that things aren't going exactly how you hoped that they would go, then this passage reminds us that God is a refuge for us. God himself is a refuge for us. And he tells us that he is a present help in the time of need. So if you're currently going through something, if you're currently feeling overwhelmed, if you're currently having um, challenges that just don't seem like they're moving, remember that God is a present help. He's right here, right now, willing and able to help you. What we need to do, though, is we have to trust. This passage of scripture says the response to God saying that he's a refuge, the response to God saying he's an ever-present help is that we must have a steadfast trust. We have to have confidence in God. So one of the interesting things in this passage of scripture, Psalms 46, after the first three verses, there's a word at the end of it, and that word is Selah. And Selah is a Hebrew word that kind of brings us to a place where we can pause so we're to listen to what God has said to us and then we're to step kind of back from it for a moment and pause and say what is this saying to me how should I respond what does it really mean and I would just like for you to take a moment in your own seats to think what does it mean that God is a refuge What does it mean for you to know that God says he is a present help in the time of need? If you're like me, that's pretty powerful. Imagine a tornado is coming. And I don't think we get many of those here in Colorado, but I grew up in Ohio. And in Ohio, there's lots and lots of tornadoes that come through from time to time. And I remember being a little girl and there was a tornado at my school and um, all the teachers said, you've got to get to shelter. And so they had, they rounded up all the children and we went into the hallway and we, we shut, we sheltered in, we were enclosed in an area where there were no windows and it was supposed to keep us safe. So imagine a tornado was coming and we all know to take shelter maybe for you it's your basement or for others it's an interior room in your house or under your desk at work or school but as soon as we hear the news forecast that danger is up ahead we do not waste time getting to safety this psalm tells us that god is a shelter from dangerous events events like a roaring sea or like a tornado or like a storm anything that That we may encounter upper head that is unknown. The result of it is unknown. God is a shelter for that. And we're in a time and a season where there's a lot going on. For me, it feels like a storm. Maybe for you it doesn't. But I know lots of my friends say they feel overwhelmed by it. So what I want to do is just encourage you to remember that God is your shelter and God is a present help in the time of need. In the next movement in this verse or in this scripture, we go to verses four through seven. And it's kind of like a theatrical play where the scenes change. We've been in a place in verses 1 through 3 where God is talking about uh, raging waters, mountains being moved into the sea, God being a shelter for us, God protecting us from dangers unseen and seen. And then all of a sudden, in verse 4, we have a new scene. The imagery is a river. And I don't know about you but rivers tend to denote for me a place of peace and calm and restoration and hopefulness and all of a sudden we've moved from a shaking mountains moving um, natural disasters and now we've been taken into a place where there's a river and this river is a lot of theologians don't know exactly what this river is. So, um, and I don't either. I studied and studied and tried to figure out exactly what this river is. Because what I discovered is that this, these verses are talking about Jerusalem. And right now, Jerusalem doesn't have a river in it. But in these passages, we know that God is talking about Jerusalem. Um, if you turn over to Psalm 48, verses one through three, um, that's where we'll see um, the sons of Korah letting us know that the city of God, which is talked about in these verses that I just recently read to you, um, is Jerusalem. It says, "Let." Um, it says, "The city of God is Jerusalem." A place that is at some point will be the city of joy for the entire earth. And even though there's not a river presently in Jerusalem, we know that there will be one someday. And um, so the significance of a river in scripture is restoration, renewal, peace, calm. So God is telling us that in order to have confidence in him, we need to experience his peace. There's a scripture in Psalm, the first chapter, that says, And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bring forth fruit in his season. His leaves shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth will prosper. Whenever I read that passage of scripture, I think about the river is giving life-giving water to the roots. And that's what allows the leaf on the tree to not wither. That's what allows the fruit to come forth. So whenever there's a river, you know that's going to be life-giving. And so what God is communicating to us is that he is life-giving to us. He is restorative. He renews us. He lifts us up. So after we've gone through some difficult times and some difficult seasons, we can expect that God will lift us up. God will restore us. God will give us peace. I hope that's good news to you. It is good news to me. So next, we move to part three. In part three of this psalm, we see the Lord as the Lord of hosts, meaning he's commanding an army of angels, and he's saying to us in this passage that he's going to win the ultimate victory over all of our challenges, over everything that comes against us, over all the armies, over all the difficulties that people face in the earth, God is going to get the victory. He's going to get the ultimate victory. It says um, that he's commanding an angel army and he's putting an end to all wars and, he's, and when he's conquered everything, the land will lay desolate, meaning that he's gonna show that his army is greater than any earthly army that could be out there, whether it, it doesn't matter what country it is, doesn't matter how powerful they are, he's more powerful. God's army is more powerful than any army out there. And there's another psalm that really brings that to light. So I'm going to read to you Psalm 20, verse, beginning with verse 7. And it says, With the saving power of his right hand, some trust in chariots and others in horses. But we trust in the name of the Lord our God. They collapse and fall, but we rise up and stand firm. O oh Lord, save the king answer us on the day that we call. This passage really kind of denotes the fact that some of us really put our trust in things that can't help us. Maybe we've got our trust in our 401k, or maybe we've got our trust in our health, or maybe we've got our trust in our job. But God is saying that, None of these things can save us. They're all going to rust out. They're all going to pass away. The only thing that can save us, the only thing that will stand is God. His power. His vision. His everything should be our everything. And as we progress in this last part of psalm 46 we learn that there's this common uh part of the of the passage that says that we need to stand still and know that i am god and what that's inviting us to do is to stand in awe of god when we see all that god can do for us all the ways that he blesses us the only thing that we can do is stand in awe of his goodness and his mercy. This isn't a passage or a a verse about, you know, everything just being wonderful. This really has a lot of symbolism around war. God is going to get the ultimate victory and we can just stand back in awe of that victory. So when God says, stand still and know that I am God, he's saying, stand in awe of the fact that now in your life and in the future of humanity, he gets the ultimate victory. If you walk in and trust him, if you take shelter in him, if you receive the peace that he wants to give to you, you will be standing in awe once you see the victory that God is going to give you. You can have confidence in God because God offers us first his protection. When we talk about the shelter of God, that denotes protection. It's the place that we can run in and know that God will surround us and keep us, keep us from falling. We can have confidence in God because God is our peace when we see the river In the second part of this reading, that's denoting that God will be our peace. God will provide for us. God has provision for us. We're living in God's providence and that's good news. And then lastly, we know that God has the power to overcome all things. Whether it's something you're going through right now or whether something up in the future, or if we're looking at the future of humanity, God will ultimately get the victory. And this is really, really good news to me. So I join with others who have gone before me. Charles Spurgeon was a very well-known preacher. Um, Many called him the Prince of Preachers, and he calls psalm 46 the song of confidence and also martin luther the leader of the, the reformation movement wrote once that this was one of his favorite passages in fact he wrote one of the most famous hymns that has ever been written inspired by this psalm A fortress, a mighty fortress, is our God. You've probably heard it. I'm not going to try to sing it for you. (laughs) But it was such a powerful passage of Scripture in his life that he would ask his friends to go and pray Psalm 46 with him, especially during times of trouble, especially during times when he was going through so many things. This passage, this psalm, stood as a hopeful refrain for him. And I hope it will be for you. What I want you to do is just take a brief look at your history. Maybe you've been at the precipice of an unknown future. Maybe it was cancer, or a divorce, or the loss of a job maybe it's your 401k bouncing up and down with the stock market but in all of these things we know we can turn to god we can pray and we can ask others to pray for us in other words we know that these are the issues that are beyond human help we can get help but It's really God who really has to solve these difficult challenges that we face. Even when we have friends and family that rarely go to church, that don't have an interest in church, if they get into a difficult situation, they probably give you a call and say, can you pray for me? I really, really am scared. And they even know, and I believe that deep down in our soul, there's this. Place that knows that God is the ultimate and most powerful force that we could ever know or ever experience. Even if you are not a professing believer, people say there are no atheists in a foxhole. When people go to war, they know to turn to God. So as I stand before you, I have to confess that I'm at another point in my life that requires me to truly have confidence in God. I had hoped that there would come a time that I could kind of coast through life. But unfortunately, I can't. I've had so many health challenges over the last year. And recently, I was diagnosed with an eye disease, and my vision isn't great. I'm even struggling, as you can probably tell, to read the words on my notes, but I thought I'll go forward. I'll do this. I'll take a risk to go forward because I want to encourage you to have confidence in God. I want you to believe that God can help you overcome any difficulty that you're facing. I want you to know the peace of God that runs through us like a river. I want you to walk away today believing more deeply in God, reaching more diligently for God, and standing more boldly for God. Because God has provided everything we need, both now and in the time to come. Have confidence in God. Even as I say this, I'm struggling. When I open my eyes in the morning, nobody knows. My spouse doesn't know, my son doesn't know. Each day, my vision has been growing dimmer and dimmer. And with that, I have to have confidence in God because truly my future isn't seen. I don't know what's up ahead, I don't know what's beyond the next corner, but I do know that God has made a promise that he can be, and will be a shelter for any challenge that I face. And I do know that he will give me peace, just like that river that makes the city of God happy. He can make me happy, even when it feels like the enemy has attacked me. I'm running into the shelter. What about you? What about you? Will you run into God's shelter? Will you trust him to protect you? Will you experience his peace? Will you understand his power? If you do, I know that God will make a way. He'll overcome anything that you're facing. One of my favorite theologians is Henry Nouwen. And some of you may have read his books and some of you may not have. But I have a really wonderful quote that I'd like to share with you. It has helped me during this difficult season. He says, what is important for me is not if our civilization will survive or not, but if we can continue to live with hope. And I really think we can, because our Lord has given us his promise that he will stay with us at all times. He is the God of the living. He has overcome evil and death, and his love is stronger than any form of death and destruction. That is why I feel that we should continually avoid the temptation of despair and deepen our awareness that God is present in the midst of the chaos that surrounds us and that presence allows us to be joyful and peaceful in a world so filled with sorrow and conflict. This passage gives me a lot of hope. This quote by Henry Nouwen He said he believes that we can be joyful, even in the midst of a lot of sorrow. I believe that too. I believe that full well. And I hope that you will take time to read Psalm 46 on your own. Take your time with it. Read each passage, each verse, carefully. I um, had a friend when I was in Divinity School many years ago tell me that she had a dream about me. And it seemed like an odd dream, but I really do believe it's coming true now. I was sitting on the lawn outside of the school and I was reading a book. And she walked up to me and she said, I had a dream about you last night. And I said, really? And she said, the dream was you had the Bible and you were ripping the pages of the Bible out and you were eating them. And I thought, that's an odd (laughs) dream. (laughs) I'm eating the pages of the Bible. But I understand it now. As i'm dealing with challenges and as you're dealing with challenges as people all over the world are dealing with challenges the word is our food our word the word is our strength the word of god is living the word of god sustains us the word of god is powerful and so I get it now. When I went through Psalm 46, and I can't even, I don't have the time to share everything that I gleaned from that psalm with you today. But as I went through that psalm, I remembered that dream. It felt as though I was eating the pages of the Bible for strength. It felt as though I was eating the pages of the Bible for hope. It felt as though reading and eating the pages of the Bible was going to renew the strength that I had to go forward. I stand before you right now wishing that, you know, my sermon would have flowed a lot more smoothly. Wishing that the words would have come more clearly but I can barely see the words on these pages that are in front of me and I'm standing here just thanking God that I've been able to share what I've been able to share with you. It was a leap of faith. Sometimes we have to take a leap of faith. Sometimes we have to do things scared. Sometimes we have to do things and we don't know if it's going to turn out good or, or not so good. When I accepted this invitation to speak, I wasn't sure if I should. But then I thought, I'll try. I'll try. And I'm glad that I did. I want you to hopefully take something away that no matter what you're going through today, turn to God, remember that he's your protector. Turn to God, remember that God is your peace. And turn to God and remember that God will ultimately get the victory over all challenges, over all sorrows, over all difficulties. God is standing with the host of heaven at the end of Psalm 46. He's fighting, he's the leader of the angel armies that are more powerful than any earthly army, more powerful than anything that can come against us. Keeping that vision in my mind lets me know that God will fight for me and he will fight for you. Stand strong, church, and believe. Thank you for allowing me to spend this time with you. I'm really grateful. God bless you.